Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And I'll tell you what, that's not just what we call ourselves. It's what our moms tell people when they can't figure out the HDMI input. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. Yeah, that's a great intro. I'm so glad. That, honestly, unironically, that's probably, like, the only, like, good thing that we've ever created. You I know? mean, it's the thing. It's it's very consistent, you know? It's been... Yeah. I feel like it's been there right since day one, right? And it's very... Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's the classic. Even though usually we don't uh, take questions from listeners, you know, we or still say that we to do. to varying degrees of success. Right. I'd, I'd argue that the, you know, you say varying degrees, but usually it's on the, on the, the, the negative end, you know. Well, but we that's try. true. Yeah, I mean, trying, trying is what makes the world go round. Uh, that's what I always say. And I think we try enough. Uh, we do take comments from listeners, mainly that's viewers. True. That's true. I wonder, mm, I guess we shouldn't change the intro. I was thinking, you don't want to no. mess with perfection, but maybe that exactly. would be more accurate. I mean, I don't think it has the same ring to it. If we were to say, you know, welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts, also debatable, by the way. And that's not just what we call ourselves. It's what our moms call people when insert unplanned phrase that I think up on the spot. And then you would say in this show, we respond to comments from watchers to varying degrees of success. Like, I don't know. I don't think that has the same ring to it. I think it's, you know, one of those things where you've heard the same thing. By the way, we're almost at episode 100. I know Luke and I yeah. uh, discussed this last time a couple weeks ago, but we're getting close to episode 100. But I feel like if you've heard this intro for almost 100 episodes and then you hear it and it's slightly different, it's like, I don't know, it's kind of weird. It kind of kind of throws you off there. I don't know if we want to if we want to I mean, we saw what happened with Twitter yeah. going to to be called X now. And I feel like this would be as big, if not bigger, of a change. And we don't, we don't. And we don't also do as that. hated. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We don't, we don't want to do that. Yeah, no. I think, I think if we were to do, I think if we were to change that, there would be an uprising, and I, I'd probably get canceled. So we're not going to do that. But what we are going to do is uh, get to that update that I alluded to beforehand, and that is. Ooh that I have now officially switched over to using the Mac Pro. Now, I know that you guys saw that I bought one in addition to the Mac Studio, and because the Mac Studio got here first, I had just been using that. It's what I've been using. I mean, it literally just unplugged and then went straight where my old Mac Studio was. But I'm now using the Mac Pro full-time, and there are some positives and there are some negatives to that. The positive is I'm very excited about having expansion. I'm very excited. I've been in talks with a bunch of different brands, and my goal is to try to put together a video where I basically say, like, all right, I do video editing, so I can only optimize this thing for video editing, but I'm going to make this thing absolutely incredible. It's going to blow your socks off. Like, your socks, they're on your feet right now. All right, but by the time I'm done, they're gonna be not on your feet. You understand? Wow, that's, uh, that's yeah. very impressive. <laughs> yeah, so you know, we're t I'm talking like the ultimate Mac Pro setup. Will it be cost effective? Probably not, but that's what I'm gonna find out. The negatives, because the Mac Pro is the size of a small state. I have to put it on the ground, which does provide me with a very nice ottoman for me to put my feet on, but also means that I needed to add further complexity and wires to my setup by putting a docking station on my desk. Mm -hmm. And the docking yep. station, like all of them, the, the SD card, which is the most important functionality that the Mac Pro inexplicably does not have, 
the SD card when you when you put it on some sort of an external interface I I need to get a different one because it's just too slow and I'm like holy crap I got used to those UHS 2 SD card slots on the MacBook Pro on the Mac Studio I love those they're great and I want that on the Mac Pro I would honestly buy and this is going to sound really dumb if Apple made like a desktop hub like a little minimal aluminum a little minimal aluminum thing they could sit on your desk and it had like SD card two USB-C and maybe that's it just a little fella I would buy that I would pay like way too much money for that to fit the look get that SD card some USBs on my desk mm, tasty that would actually be an interesting product for Apple to make. I never really thought about that. But, like, I feel like it could fit in. Obviously, if it's in with the Mac Pro, it could fit in any, like, any Apple display. Like, even if you have a Mac Mini or a Mac Studio and you want more expansion, or if you have, like, a MacBook that you use in clamshell mode and you just dock it on a thing, I don't know. I kind of I kind of like that idea. <sighs> That would be... Dude, now I really want this. I'm sad now. I wish that Apple would make that. I also wish that they would make a new Pro Display XDR. My goodness. What's the holdup? It's been four years. Yeah, I wonder... I don't know. I know we've uh, we've discussed this before, and it just seems like... I don't know. It seems like Apple. some of Apple's like desktop displays have been having some issues there was the whole like studio display thing we haven't gotten a pro display xdr in a long time mm-hmm. a lot a lot of questions yeah the apple needs to get back on their display game their standalone display game because obviously the macbooks are killing it but on the desktop side the imac the 24 inch imac is fine nothing crazy and the studio display is fine it's just too expensive and i i know that apple's gonna always release stuff that's too expensive but the thing that makes the studio display work is that it's 5k and that's just not something that you can really get elsewhere so for 5k and to have that that matching perfect like aesthetic i'm okay spending the money i just wish that we had a 30 inch mini led promotion panel that's really what i want yeah, that would definitely – I mean, there's that. There's, like, the Pro Display XDR, but even just, like, a 27-inch iMac or, like, a 30-inch iMac, that was a rumor. And that's not going to be the super fancy, super crazy Pro Display XDR, but, like, even that we don't have yet. So definitely the exactly. the, the external displays, the standalone displays, uh, I don't know, Apple, Apple's – something's going on there. they got to hurry up. I also have to say – this is totally unrelated – I just noticed this comment, and it confuses me. Congrats on making a Linus Tech Tips episode. Are they saying that I made an episode that was similar to Linus Tech Tips, or are they saying that I appeared in an episode of Linus Tech Tips? Because I am very confused either way. Probably the latter, but I hopefully I feel like I would have heard about it. Okay, like, someone said you were in it. Maybe someone, I maybe was someone in, in the chat can can. Uh, Why don't yeah, I know about this? Yeah, people are saying you were. I want to know when? what video this was. Which episode? Which vi- uh, this is? Hang on, stop the press. When was I in a LTT video? We got to get to the bottom of this. Was this like a today thing? I'm very perplexed. I must. I must say. If I was in an LTT episode, it certainly didn't uh, kick back very much towards my channel. All right, something oh, about the Mac shot Pro. Of me hating... Oh, okay, wait, let's find this. I don't remember this at all. I didn't know about anything. Linus, if someone tips. could point me to a timestamp in a video that would be expedient because I don't know what I'm looking for anyway 
That's fun. Yeah, I really want to know... His last one? Oh, is this just today? This is interesting. Sorry, this is not a very interesting podcast. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I literally am just like... <laughs> sitting here watching a Linus Tech Tips video so that I can see a, a screenshot of my Mac Pro thumbnail. I would really like a timestamp. Yeah, hopefully... I'm sure someone in the chat will uh, will be able to find it here. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Anyway, while I, while I await on uh, being notified of my fame, uh, you know... And by the uh -huh. way, everyone keeps pointing out that I that I put my name here as Mr. Miami and that that that's not correct and I don't know if you know, but I am aware of how to spell my name. It's a little <laughs> goofy joke. Oh good. All right, I'll change. I'll, I'll uh Yeah, I I've I'll been do the classic. I've been like I've been like, you know, I, I I've been having some fun here. There you go. I like that. Mr. Ruben, but he spelled it like the sandwich. That's what I'm talking about. We have a little fun with the name tags from time to time. Yeah, usually you like occasionally will change your name tag to something. We were like Mr. M and Mr. R for a while and you just you changed your name tag and then I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll change <laughs> I'll change mine too." We got a match. Yeah, let me someone apparently it's on Twitter. Sorry, X. Great segue yeah. by the way. I hate X. That's so stupid. It is the dumbest, most idiotic, like, childish, pointless thing that you could do. And, like, whenever people have been dumping on X, the, like, people... People have been saying, like, oh, who cares? It's just a dumb name. It's It's stupid. It's like, yes, that's the point. This isn't some, like big catastrophic problem right it's not like elon deleted barack obama's twitter account because of some stupid reason like it's not it's not one of those horrible like this will ruin society things it's just like a really stupid ego driven dumb decision by a stupid moron idiot who runs the company and it really, if nothing else, it shows you that the guy is just a complete lunatic. Like, who in their right mind would say, you know what, I'm going to take one of the most recognizable logos, names, icons, and concepts in all of social media, and I'm going to make it X, because I think that's cool, and I like toy trucks. Yeah. Okay, here, here's the thing. So, first of all, I agree with you. Like, whenever people talk about it on, I was about to say Twitter, whatever, on X, whatever you want to call it. Whenever people talk about it on there, all the Elon fans are like, oh, it's just a name. Why are you crying about it? Who cares what it's called? Whatever. I, exactly what you said. Like, just, <laughs> like, you can, you, people talk about, like, like, stuff that doesn't matter all the time. Like, yeah, it doesn't really matter, but, like, you can still have an opinion on it and you can still talk about it. People, like... Whatever, stupid, stupid discussion. But the thing that yeah. the thing that I am that annoys me so much about the the name change is like I think so the the reason, or at least in theory, why you know Elon is doing this. He has this like big dream of making it into like the everything app where you like do all of your payments and like all of the stuff, whatever, like all that. And that was the whole thing like back in 1999 when he was I think he was what like the CEO of PayPal. Right. Mm -hmm. And he tried to do this whole thing. And then the company kicked him out because they thought it was a bad idea. You know, mm -hmm. you can decide if you think it's a bad idea or not. But whatever. Like the thing is, it's like, why? Like, why rename Twitter to X before you do all the other stuff? Right. Like if X is supposed to be the everything app where you do all of your banking and all of your finances and all of your other stuff and none of that exists yet. 
and it's not even clear that they're working on it or that there's any imminent release of it. It's like, why change the name now but keep everything else the same? Why not like use that opportunity to say, look, we're launching the next generation with all of these new features and here's the new name. Like, I just don't yeah. understand the timing of this. It makes no sense to me. Well, everything that he does is impulsive. Look, like, here's here's the thing that I think gave me a lot of perspective, right? A lot of people looked at Tesla as saying, like, this is proof that Elon is a mastermind, right? And you can definitely make the argument, I think Tesla was obviously a very, very successful company. They've made a lot of dumb decisions. They made a lot of bad decisions. Uh, they still have you know, issues like build quality or there's the recent reporting that came out where they've been exaggerating their range and rewarding employees for canceling appointments where they complained about range. That, I would argue, is illegal, false advertising. If you're, if you're exaggerating range so much that people think their car is broken and then you're like internally explicitly acknowledging that you're lying to your customers so that you're canceling their appointments, that's a crime, okay? I don't know, man. At the very least, that's a big fine. But beyond all of that, Elon Musk only invested about 10% of his fortune amassed from PayPal to buy Tesla. Imagine that. Imagine you know, what is the, the average American maybe has ten dollars or $20,000 in, in savings. Imagine someone says, I've got this investment opportunity, put one or $2,000 in and, and, you know, work on this already existing thing. That's not a massive risk. That is really not a huge, like what? So if the company goes bust, it's not like, you know, you really gave it your all, right? I'm not trying to say that that means it doesn't count, but I think the whole Elon Musk is a mastermind is just ridiculous. When you look into like the chronology of, you know, faking his degree or whatever he did and then stumbling into a company that got bought by PayPal. By the way, first, make sure you have a dad who can get rich off of mines in South Africa and apartheid. So just go ahead and profit off of that first. That's your 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 baseline then go ahead and stumble into a payment processing company that happens to get bought and then become PayPal after you've already left it, by the way, and then invest 10% of your free money into a company. Like, I'm sorry. He's not as smart as he likes to make you think. Yeah. Uh, did you see the whole thing with uh, they put the X uh, sign on the roof of the Twitter building? Did you see that whole thing? Yes. The giant, and it's like... the brightest, flashiest yeah. thing that anyone's ever seen. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, like, it, it literally, like, gets completely blown out and, uh, like, overexposed on the, uh, like, any video I've seen of it. It's, like, ridiculous. Like, oh, God. Imagine, like, living near that. I Fortunately, it looked like it was, like, apartment buildings, but let me see if I can... Oh, man. I was going to pull up the tweet, but I'm not signed in. And they basically removed access to that, I think. But someone replied, uh, hang on a second. Let me find this. There was like, <laughs> the replies to the video of that were the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like somebody, oh, I found it. I, I found it. I found the picture I was looking for. I'm so happy. For those listening, uh, sorry. You're not going to get this at all. But for those who are watching, it was unbelievably hilarious. The uh, the replies, like everyone was everyone was showing like these like iCarly clips. Uh, yeah, yeah, this yeah. was the one. This is the one that <laughs> that made me really laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is that like from the, the neighbors? Is that Oppenheimer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, looking at the, looking like the neighbors at the are all like. <laughs> yeah. So good. That's a good one. Oh, it's yeah. so good. And and you know what? There's a comment here 
And this is so true. Too bad there's no other place like Twitter. Too bad. Everyone says like, oh, I guess Elon Musk can't be doing that bad a job because Twitter is still running just fine. Do you know why Twitter's still running just fine? It's because Twitter was a great platform. So, like, every everyone thinks it's a gotcha when, you know, people were, like, kind of making a show of, like, oh, Twitter sucks now. And then they're like, oh, then why are you on it, huh? You stupid idiot. I guess you do like Elon. It's like, no. When you love a platform, even if it's being run by a monumental idiot, you're still going to want to be on that platform. Yeah, there really is no other place like Twitter, as much as others have tried Mastodon, Blue Sky, Threads, whatever, there's just no other place with like the 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 volume of traffic, like like all of the people that are on there and people that go on there regularly and interact with each other and you know make posts, whatever. That 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 uh, community doesn't exist elsewhere. Other these other platforms like Blue Sky, for example, they have a small dedicated community of people that love that platform and that's great for them. But Twitter is like or X, whatever. I want to call it Twitter. I don't want to call it I X. will never call it X. Thank you. Okay. Twitter is like the one it's it's the big one. It's the one that all of the people are on. It's the it's the mm-hmm. Apple of uh you know, threaded social networks or whatever you want to call it. It's the, it's the one that everyone, I like that, everyone that. goes on. I like yeah. that threaded social networks. That's good. I don't know. Whatever, whatever the, whatever the terminology is, Twitter is the, is the big one. And as much as Elon has tried uh, on purpose or by accident, he has not yet been able to destroy it. I mean, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely trying his best to ruin it. And yeah. I will say, like, it's it's really it's really stupid that, like, with this whole change to X, to your point, like, he wanted it to, you know, be a certain way. He wanted it to be, like, the everything app. But, like, they didn't do anything. They just swapped out a couple of PNGs. That's all it did. Like, what was the... What was the there was no... This is why I said earlier, like, that this is the dumbest thing that he's done. It's not because it's destructive or ruining the platform. It's just because he literally woke up one day and was like, letter X. And then there it is. Like, who, what kind of a CEO, what kind of a leader just, like, impulsively, randomly fell in love with the letter X in 1999. And then he was like, you know what? X. And it still says tweet it still says retweet. The only thing that changed is now it says X in a little tiny letter instead of a bird. Dumb. Yeah, I mean, we could go on and on. We could talk about the logo, that it's literally just like the double strike X from the from the Unicode like math font yes. or whatever. The random like where Elon posted that uh, that like seizure inducing video of the letter X and it was literally just like an Envato Elements uh, uh, preset that he like dropped was the it? letter X into. Yeah. Oh. Or I don't know if it was him. But he like reposted that That's one of his hilarious. like one of those like Stan accounts made that was just like the X with like all the like wavy like glitchy effects whatever and then someone else posted it was literally just from Envato Elements it was like a preset and they just <laughs> dropped the little X PNG and whatever we could go we could go on and on uh, about about all of that stuff but but I think we can so at least the two funny. of us can agree that it's really it's funny oh. but, but sad. Oh, and sorry, someone pointed out here, it's not he's not the CEO, he's the XEO. Of course. Yeah. And yeah, I gotta give like... a, a big shout out here to Jazz. I'm gonna call it Jazz. I like that name. That's a cool name. Also, nice profile picture. We got some representation for plaid up in here. I know a lot of not a lot of people back plaid like I do. That's why I was so mad when they made that into a Tesla. Uh but, you know, there you go. Thank you for the super chat. And you're welcome for starting the MacBook Repair and Upgrade Obsession. And that's also a perfect segue into our next topic, wow. which is the $50 MacBook that I just posted a video on today. And I will say, uh, we are in a weird spot, Noah. We are. 
Mm-hmm. One of the uh, the point that I've been that I've been trying to make in the last like three three or four videos that I've posted is right now you 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 if you're if you're buying a MacBook for one two thousand dollars tons of options new used Apple Silicon devices out the wazoo pick and choose your poison it's great. For seven hundred to a thousand dollars, you've got tons of choices: M1 MacBook Air and MacBook Pro. You can even find some like deep discounts on an M2 MacBook Air. Tons of stuff. Great, fantastic computers. And as I showed in that video, if you want something that's dirt cheap, hundred and fifty bucks or less, you've got your pick of perfectly usable unibody MacBook Pros. You've got even some retinas are getting down to that $100 price tag. It is it is great. It, it's booming. But if you want to spend $200 to $600, what the heck do you buy? There's nothing appealing there because anything with an Intel chip is so close in price to Apple Silicon that like... Even if you get a pretty nicely loaded, like a 2015 Retina MacBook Pro, like a terabyte, 16 gigs of RAM, all specced out for $400, you know, it's it's Intel. It's half the performance of Apple Silicon. It's loud. The battery life's not as good. It's it's an old machine at this point. Doesn't have USB-C. If you want something a little newer, Touch Bar stuff, well. I don't think there's that many people out there who are super pumped right now to buy a 2017 MacBook Pro. They hated them when it was new. Why, why would you buy that now for $500? So, like, it, it, it's a weird time because there's nothing that, for people to buy in that middle ground. Yeah, that is a good point because it kind of goes, you know, we talked about it a little bit before the whole like you know apple silicon like like what apple silicon has done to the used market and we talked a little bit about how the apple silicon uh the the existing uh like like the m1 macbook air those prices are maybe a little bit high right now and maybe that's because there are so few you know we're very early into the apple silicon lifespan that there aren't enough older generations to sort of push the price down but then it's that thing right where you start looking at the generations before apple silicon and it's exactly what you said where they aren't very appealing anymore right you go and look Mm. like back when the you know when we had the unibody era the retina era and then the touch bar era right we had those three and when you were in the touch bar era and you were looking back at the retinas and the the unibodies it was obviously, you know, things got better over time. The Retina display was a huge upgrade. You know, the the mm-hmm. the the, Unibu- the um the touch bars have USB C and you know whatever other upgrades you know came over the years. But there wasn't such a big difference, right? Because it was all Intel, and obviously, you know, there were year over year improvements, but it was still all Intel. But there was no huge leap like there was with Apple Silicon, and so that kind of created. It really is just like a cliff. And it's like, mm-hmm. and you know, Apple Silicon's on, on up here. And if you want to jump off that cliff and 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 you know, go down into the the old Intel stuff, you can. But yeah, it's it's really hard to recommend, you know, six hundred, five hundred, even four hundred dollars for something with an Intel chip in it versus like just spend the extra on Apple Silicon or wait a little Absolutely. bit until it gets a little bit cheaper. Yeah, it's really it's a hard uh, uh, recommendation to make. Yeah, it just I don't know. I'm trying to find I'm trying to find an example to to illustrate my point here. So, I'm going to I'll share my screen here. Why not? We're going to do a little live YouTube video. Like this could honestly probably be its own video or at least the foundation for one. But I I'm going to show you that the so the problem that we have is that the original generation of Retina MacBooks are pretty old now. The 2015 is 8 years old. And the original Retina is 10 years old. So those are, there's nothing wrong with them. You can patch them. You can run uh, the latest version of Ventura. You've got a Retina display. They're perfectly good machines. But realistically, the most that I would ever spend is around $300. 
three, maybe maybe four if it's like pristine with the box and charger and all the everything, right? So, and, and even then you're kind of pushing it, right? Because you're you are trading Apple Silicon for Intel, knowing that you're not that far away from being able to afford Apple Silicon or or spending that extra money to get it. But if you want something a little newer. The problem is if I try to find the cheapest, like working, decent touch bar MacBook Pro that doesn't have one of these C description, like there's something wrong with it tags on it, I'm going to have to scroll down a little while. And here, look, we find for two, for $310, bad condition 2016 base model, effectively. It's got upgraded storage, and that's about it. That's not very appealing. Let's scroll down a little bit more. Uh, here's one for 350 Also, again, 2016. That's not very appealing. That's like the, the beginning of the touch bar generation. It's not any more powerful than those older machines. The keyboard is bad, and you're not going to be able to get it replaced anymore because all of the touch bars, as of I think later this year are going to be more than 4 years old. So like if you really if you really want something that's like a touch bar generation I mean first of all why would you want that? And second yeah. of all, it's I mean look, $550 gets you the thermal throttling Core i9 one. That's like literally the the antithesis of Apple Silicon. This was the product that motivated all of us to say, you know what? Maybe Apple should make their own chips. This is it. This is that device. So why why would you spend even a 2019 one where it's a little bit more powerful and a little bit better? This is this is M1 MacBook Air money. And I get that this is a 15-inch laptop with 32 gigabytes of RAM. That's four times the RAM, double the storage. But it's a butterfly keyboard Intel Mac. And it's probably about 4% if that more powerful than the M1 MacBook Air at the expense of battery life and heat and noise terrible deal yeah it's really it's really just not worth it i guess like in theory if you were to buy let's say you bought that one right the 15 inch i9 whatever you bought that kept it for a year or two until the apple silicon prices came down a bit more or maybe you had a bit more money to buy you know a nicer one then what if you sold it a year or two later how much how much do you think the value is going to drop from where it is right now you think it's going to keep you know keep going down or you think it'll stay relatively in that area well i mean i have to imagine that the prices would continue to drop because there there really cannot be that much demand for those Intel machines. I noticed it. I mean, I, weirdly enough, even with Apple Silicon, the demand for the used market has decreased a lot, which is probably good from Apple's perspective because people are willing to spend a thousand plus dollars so they can get the latest MacBooks. Before, people were so excited to save money and buy a used one because it was better to do that in a lot of cases. But now, like, I, I can't even... I have been trying to sell my M1 Ultra Mac Studio since June. It's been a month, over a month now that I've been trying to sell that. And nobody will buy it. It was a $5,000 machine. I've got it listed for 3300 no one, no one's interested. Wow! I, I keep getting these lowball offers of like fifteen hundred bucks. I'm like, dude, it's a year old, and it was five grand, and it's Apple Silicon, it's M1 Ultra with the sixty-four core GPU, and people won't even pay thirty-three hundred dollars for it. Isn't that crazy? <sighs> that yeah, that is that is kind of crazy. Like I don't even know. Maybe it's my own fault. Maybe it was. Uh, I reviewed too positively the the increases in performance that we've seen 
especially with M2 Max. I mean, it's it's a crazy time that we live in where the demand for used Apple stuff has fallen so low that you can buy a working MacBook Pro for $20 that you can buy that you can't even sell a one-year-old Mac Studio for 60% of its original price. That's crazy. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. Like, I guess Apple Silicon has definitely done a lot to the, the market, to the used Mac market. But I guess it is a lot of, because, like, back in, you know, back in the, well, I was going to say the old days, but, like, okay, a couple years ago, a few years ago, uh, you know, when we were still in the Intel days, there was always, like, I feel like the unibody MacBook Pros were always, like, a good uh, purchase. They were always, like, a good, like, okay, let's go back to the to the Touch Bar days. Let's say we're, we're in the mm. middle of the Touch Bar days, 2017, 2018, right? The unibodies were always, like, a fun option because you could do some upgrades to them. You could take out, which which I did a while ago, and we did together, take out the CD drive and put a second hard drive in there or put in, you know, an yep. SSD. So that's what we, that's mm-hmm. what I did. I had the SSD and I had a hard drive as like a dual boot and, uh, and whatever. So you could, you could do some upgrades like that to them. And then I feel like the retinas were like, they were also pretty solid options. So you got the retina display, which is a huge, huge, huge upgrade. Basically net, like it's really hard to go back to it, to a unibody with the regular yeah. display after having a retina, but like the retina display and, you know, they had the additional ports. They had the HDMI port, the SD card slot, which is great, right? And then the touch bar was, like, the newer ones, you know, whatever. They were thinner. They had the touch bar if you liked that for some reason. You know, whatever, whatever. But but now it's definitely, like, over time, you know, obviously the, the unibodies have become less and less attractive. And then mm-hmm. there goes your upgradability because that was the one that you could really do, you know, a, a solid upgrade to. And then the retinas became less and less attractive and then it's like, oh, now you're kind of stuck with the touch bar ones. Do people really want that? Butterfly keyboard mm-hmm. is a huge liability. And then Apple Silicon, I feel like, was maybe even the last nail in the coffin. Like, not that the used Apple market is dead by any means, but, like, definitely used Apple products are less uh, valuable or less sought after than they were years ago. And it's just, you know, these things that have happened, the way that they've changed over time, especially with Apple Silicon, mm-hmm. that has caused the. That's a really good point, actually, because it's the that was that aspect of the previous generations. They got better, but they lost something, right? Mm. So that kind of kept things in, at equilibrium, because when, to your point, uh, when the when the the Retina MacBook Pro came out, it improved because that screen was phenomenal. The build was great. They were fast, they were slim, they had great port selections, but they lost that upgradability and the ability to add those SSDs. So the old ones kept their value because of that. And then same with the touch bar. But now everything is now just, you know, it's either it's Apple Silicon or it's not. There's not really that much benefit that you gain. Like, you know, I, I always mention in my videos uh, I did a video a couple days ago on the 2015 and and why it's no longer the king in 2023. And that MacBook has upgradable storage. You, it does not matter how much you spend right now. You cannot do that on anything. Like you can buy one of those things with like 256 gigabytes in it. And for literally $110 on Amazon, you can put two terabytes in that eight-year-old MacBook. You cannot do that on anything newer than that. But even with that ability, it's just not... It, it's still a Haswell Intel Core i7. It's half the performance of any Apple Silicon machine you can find. And it it's loud and it's hot and the battery isn't that good. That's doesn't matter if you can put a ton of storage in it at that point. Yeah, I think your framing of like each in the Intel days, each generation kind of lost something like it got a bunch of new upgrades, but kind of lost something. That was like a really good way to put it. And I feel like, you know, maybe you can make that argument that Apple Silicon lost. I don't even know what 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 you would argue that it lost from like the touch bar days, but like 
even if Nothing. there was something, even if you're talking about like, oh, there's some old Mac that you can upgrade the storage in. It's just everything. It's literally everything else. It's like you can upgrade mm-hmm. the storage, but everything else is so much yeah. worse that it just doesn't like it's not the math is never going to make sense. The math ain't math in here. Exactly. Intel age stone age feels like the same things now. That's a great comment. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And unfortunately, I do and I would only do this in an emergency, but I have to I have to go for a quick moment. So we're going to have to do a, a little episode of the Noah show. Okay. <laughs> I'll be back very briefly. Oh geez. All right. Well, hopefully everything is uh is all right with Luke there, but I guess we can we can take a look in the chat and see what people are saying here. Someone said, when the M3 comes out, then I'll upgrade from the Intel Mac. I'm really just waiting for that price drop. I can't feature comments. I think only Luke can do that. But when the M3 comes out, so someone's still on the Intel Mac waiting for the M3. Absolutely. You know, something that Luke and I talked about on a previous episode. Uh, there's that that whole thing. You know, Apple Silicon is still relatively new. Uh, we have, you know, the... Um, the uh the the m1 right we have the m2 we're waiting for the m3 but it's still so uh so recent that there are not enough old devices in the the pipeline to bring things down right because when the m2 comes out the m1 is still there uh the price will go down a bit um and then you know but but that's the only one right so there's nothing below that in the intel days right we had the unibodies we had the retinas and we had uh, the the touch bars, right? And so when the touch bars were the new one, the retinas were a little bit less expensive. And, you know, you go 2015, 14, 13, 12. And then the, the unibodies, uh, you know, you go 12, 11, 10, 9. What was it? 2008 was the first one, I think. So you would just go down throughout the years. There were so many options that you could find something at pretty much any price point, which is kind of what we were talking about at the beginning. It's hard to find uh, these things, you know, find Macs that are uh, attractive at that $200 to $600 price point. So absolutely to uh, Lou J, who said, waiting for the M3 to come out and then upgrading, right? When the M3 comes out, you could upgrade to the M3. The M3 is supposed to be a pretty decent difference. I think they're doing a new process. Maybe it was the three nanometer process. Some sort of difference there, right? So there's going to be, uh, you know, a solid upgrade. But even if you don't want the M3, if you don't want to spend all the money on a new Apple uh, Apple Silicon Mac, that's totally fine, right? Because the M2s that are out right now will get a little bit cheaper. You can get them from Apple Refurbished. You can get them from eBay, uh, you know, wherever. The M1s that are now, what, 2020 or 2021 uh, model years, they're getting a little bit older, getting a couple years older, but they're still Apple Silicon, so they're still good. And those are going to continue to drop in, 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 in value or in price at least. So if you go on eBay and I don't know what the price ranges are, I'm not Luke, I can't pull these numbers out of my head, but if they're at, you know, six, seven, eight hundred dollars right now for an M1 and, and you check back and they're at five, six, seven, maybe even getting into the, the mid to high $400 range for an M1, right? Suddenly that's a much better deal. That solves that 200 to $600 price range issue uh, that Luke brought up at the beginning because there are other Macs, uh, you know, other Apple Silicon Macs uh, that are available there. So absolutely, you know, we're not sure when the M3 Macs are going to come out. Hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. Um, but, but definitely, you know, whatever a new Mac comes out or any new Apple product, even if you don't care about the new one, at least uh, the old one, uh, the old ones will drop in price, uh, which is which is always a good thing. Let's see, uh, let's see what else people are talking about in the chat. Uh, someone said, if we had Intel Macs around and Apple Silicon didn't exist, we'd still be using our older MacBooks. It would be interesting to. Th- to, to see, right, because Intel has made a lot of improvements. I think it was, like, the 12th gen chips, the Intel. I, I'm not, like, a hardware expert. Luke is more of the hardware expert than I am. But I think it was, like, the 12th gen Intel chips had, uh, you know, a, a pretty big upgrade. They kind of work like Apple Silicon. They have, like, the power, the performance cores and the efficiency cores, and there were a lot of improvements. It would actually be... Uh, kind of interesting to see, you know, 
if Apple had stuck with Intel and and they had these newer chips, you know, could we have gotten, I don't know if we would have gotten to the same place we are now, right? Because Apple Silicon is not just about performance, it's about the integration, right? It's an all-in-one uh, chip, it powers everything about the computer, the hardware and the software are so tightly integrated, the software can take full and complete advantage of all of the hardware and all of the accelerators on the chip, right? Uh, but if Apple had stuck with Intel, and Intel has made improvements since, you know, the 2019, uh, I guess was the last time we had an Intel Mac, you know, what would the Macs look like with a modern, you know, current gen Intel chip in them? It's a, definitely a really interesting question. Uh, what else do we have here while Luke is, while Luke is gone? Okay, here's uh, another good one. So, so Jas or Yas, I'm not sure how to pronounce that said, I still have an iPhone 13 mini, so I'm okay with having one or two years behind, uh, you know, out, uh, one or two years behind the current one. Uh, yeah, I think the 13 mini is really funny because I was talking with my friend who also has a 13 mini, and he's really uh, disappointed that Apple discontinued the, uh, the mini series, right? Because now with the 14, we have the 14 plus, which I think is kind of dumb to be honest. Like, I get that it's easier for Apple because the 14 Plus is basically just a hybrid of the 14 and the 14 Pro, right? It's the same size as the 14 Pro, but it has the the external build of the, the regular 14. So I understand why Apple did it, streamlines things. Maybe people like the bigger screens, although I'm not sure how well the 13 Plus is, the, the 14 Plus uh, is selling. But definitely seems like there are quite a few people who are disappointed about the 13 mini but we are none of us are disappointed that luke is back and i can finally stop talking <laughs> hey guys welcome i well m welcome me i guess i think that's a great point that you were bringing there about the uh the 14 plus mm -hmm. i i also think apple went the wrong direction because i mean the the issue with the iphone is there's not as much product separation in terms of price Right? Like, if we go, I mean, what's the price difference between the the 14 Plus and the 14 Pro Max? I'm pretty sure it's $200. So, like, yeah. what I think, I think most people kind of just look at that and say, okay, 14 Plus is $899. Cool. The 14 Pro Max is $1,099. People just... They just want the Pro Max. I, I think it's I think it's ironic because every year the reviews for the past three or four years, I would say now, have basically been the Pro is great, but you don't need to spend the money. The regular one is just fine, but nobody cares. I would I would I would imagine that most people uh, maybe not by an actual majority, but most people just, just get the pro anyway. Like I see way more 14 pros than I see regular 14s. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely see more of the, of the pro models and I definitely, yeah, because like the 14 plus is just a hybrid of the regular 14 and the 14 pro max. I feel like the, the, um, the 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 mini was interesting because there's nothing else there's no apple phone that's that small there aren't even that many phones like period that are that small but like there are no mm -hmm. apple phones that are that small if you want a big phone you can get a pro max it's more expensive but you can get it you can't get a 14 mini or a 15 mini they're probably not going to bring it back right so yeah you know that's true i i think having effectively doubles of the 6.7 inch screen is unnecessary i get having pro and non-pro that makes sense to me because that's like that middle ground screen size where i think people want that uh but to have two 6.7 inch displays i mean yawn yawn absolutely yawn if I if I go ahead and share my screen here, we can actually see this handy dandy chart. 
Oh, hang on a second. There we go. There's a little cleaner tab for you. So take a look at this chart, all right? You can see the breakdown here. The regular iPhone 14 is the largest segment of the graph. I wish it was labeled so I could tell you exactly how much it is, but if I use my mouse, it looks like just about 20, maybe 25% of sales are the iPhone 14. That's what you would expect. But the 14 Plus is tiny. It's like 10%. And then the 14 Pro and Pro Max are, what is that? That goes from like about 30 to all about 60. God, this is a very poorly labeled graph. It doesn't really show you very much, but yeah, you can definitely see that, especially at launch, the 14 Pro was actually outperforming seemingly the regular 14. The people that care about the iPhone don't really, you know, they're, they're going to get the good one. People don't want the new stuff minus some features. They want the newest iPhone, and that's the Pro. So I think the rumors we've heard about an iPhone 16 Ultra, that is probably the direction that Apple should go. I know it's not good for, like, inflation because it's going to be a $1,500 phone, but you bet your, your bottom bumper I'm going to buy that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, also, I just have to say I love how this graph uses four very similar but ever so slightly different shades of blue. Yes. For the four. Literally, they had to pick four colors for this. I guess five because gray is one of them. They had to pick five colors, and they <laughs> picked four, like, blues and, and one gray. And it's, like, barely comprehensible. And the blues are – I literally – and because the, uh, the, the color chart is on two levels, I was like – I was like, wait a minute. The iPhone 14 and the 14 Pro Max, that's literally the same shade. They're so yeah. close. Uh, yeah, no, so I really hate this graph. It's a horrible graph, but it does show that the 14 Plus is by far the worst-selling 14 series model, and I don't think that surprises anyone. I, uh, I hope they discontinue it to punish them for taking away the Mini. Because people were mad when they did that. Yeah, I mean it's not, it's not too late for them to bring back the mini. I don't, I don't think that they would if they, you know, kill it off and then bring it back. Doesn't seem like an Apple thing to do, but you never know. And I think you were talking about, we were talking about the uh, the the Ultra rumors about the Ultra, the iPhone Ultra yeah. before. <sighs> okay, here's the problem with that. The problem for oh, me no. is that it's gonna too be. Big. It's going to be the Pro Max size, if not bigger. Bigger. That's too big. No. The rumor is even bigger than Pro Max. Like, we're no. talking 6.9 inches. I mean, that's nice, but that's horrible. I'd, it's ugh, If I, if they made... Because that's the problem is if, if and when this phone comes out, I'm going to have to seriously consider it. And I don't mm -hmm. know if I can force my... If I can, like, get my make myself do it, but, like... Dude, the, the 14 Pro size is such a good size. If they made the Ultra in this size, small, then I would get it. But ugh, I can't. It's tiny. Dude, so big. No. No, the Mini is tiny. The Mini is tiny. The Pro Max is huge. And the regular Pro is the, the, the Goldilocks right in the middle. Perfect size. I mean, that's probably why it, it sells the best, but from that terrible terrible graph you noticed the pro max and the 14 pro are not far apart in their sales i think it was a good True. decision when apple decided to make the 14 pro and pro max be feature paired right like there was a, a while where the pro max would get a little something a little something extra right the iphone 12 pro max had that that just that extra little thing, that sensor shift camera, which then filtered down to the the 13, the regular and the 13 mini. That was an unexpected turn of events. And since then, Apple realized, I think correctly, that choosing between the Pro and Pro Max isn't a feature choice, it's a preference. It's people exactly. want the screen size or they don't want the screen size. 
Exactly. And that's because that always I know that you like you you like the pro maxes, but I like the pros and I it always bothered me a little bit that that the pro max had like something extra that the that the pro didn't and I'm glad that that hasn't been the case, but then the ultra is going to come you. along and it's going to have a bunch of little extras. It's going to have maybe even some big extras or at least some some medium extras in there and it's going to be too big. It's too mm-hmm. big. Not not a problem. No such thing as too big. Go big or go home. That's what I say. And I'll tell you what, Noah. I'm glad they're what? doing it because you've been in a comfort zone. That's right. I'm just going to say it. I know because you were – I remember. I was there, all right? We both got the iPhone 5. We were excited. We were like, oh, yeah, the screen got bigger. That was great. Then the iPhone 6 came out. And what did you buy? Was it the iPhone 6? No. It was the 6 Plus, wasn't it? Because you wanted – we were like, oh, screens are small. Oh, man, phablets. Remember when that was like a word that people used? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was like, yes, this is so exciting. This is huge, literally and figuratively. And then you also got the iPhone 6S Plus, if I recall correctly. Then the 7 came out. You skipped the 7, understandably. But 2017 – is where all hell broke loose because the iPhone 10 came out and you got that, of course. But then you were brainwashed. You were previously <laughs> a big phone boy, but the iPhone 10 brainwashed you, Noah. You had it for two, three years. Then you got the 12 Pro, the 13 Pro, the 14 Pro. You're stuck in a rut, my friend. You need an Ultra to tempt you back to the dark side of the huge enormous phone because then you'll realize how amazing it truly is i okay i am sure that there are many circumstances where having the larger phone is nice i watch a decent amount of youtube videos on my phone i'm sure it would be Mm -hmm. nice to have a bigger screen to do that whatever Mm -hmm. texting uh uh scrolling on twitter not x Whatever you're doing, I'm sure it'd be nice to have a big screen. It's just like the portability and like 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 mm. having that giant thing in your pocket. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It seems it seems like a lot. Look, I, I'd be lying if I said that it wasn't a lot. It is, absolutely. But. I think it's worth it because the screen is just magnificent. It's so good. And honestly, I think it's a when I when I when the new phones come out, I always get multiple sizes and I always get tempted by the Pro. I'm always like, "Oh, man. This is small and lighter and, you know, it's very compact." But whenever I do inevitably go back to the Pro Max, I'm always greeted by that beautiful big display with a larger keyboard that's easier to type on, more more comfortable viewing of videos and photos, and I'm like, this is it. This is where I belong. I I shall not wander. <laughs> <laughs> I I guess, you know, whether or not the the Ultra is the right phone for me. If it does, mm. if and when it does get announced, I will definitely consider it. And let's be real, I'll probably end up getting it because I can't yeah, help yeah. myself. But, yeah, yeah. but you know, I'm I'm not gonna say that you're that, that you're wrong. I know we've had this discussion before, and and mm-hmm. you know, to to varying degrees of uh, of uh, success, success, sure. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but 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 I I would be interested. I would I would consider the bigger phone, especially if there's other good. I mean, we saw some renders. If they do, imagine like like the cream, uh, whatever color with like the orange accents and the action button on the side. I feel like it could look really really nice. I don't know. I would I would have to consider it, regardless of the size. You would have to. I'll tell you what would get me on board regardless of size or price mm-hmm. and that is 
this glass. That 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 sapphire glass on the Apple Watch Ultra is indestructible. Sam tested that when we were when we were doing our our stress testing last year when we crashed the cars and Sam literally obliterated an Apple Watch Ultra and he literally could not crack the screen. We dragged it out of a car. He smashed it with a brick. We could not crack the screen. Now, sure, on a larger screen size, like 6.9 inches, maybe you could feasibly crack or scratch it. But it would be so hard to do that. And it would look so good. This, the, it just looks incredible. And it never scratches or blemishes. You just wipe it and it's completely fresh. Look on your wrist right now, Noah. Grab your shirt. You know, do a little wipey-wipey. And, yep. Look at that surface. It's gleaming. It's perfect. It's absolutely... There's not a single scuff or scrape anywhere. And I will pay obscene amounts of money to get that on a phone. You know, I didn't even think about that, but about the screen. But now that you mention it, mm -hmm. I'm remembering back to my Series 5, which did have some scratches on it by the time I yep, was done with too. it. They were, you know, they were, uh, you know, well-worn, uh, you know, scratches, scratches of love from, from, uh, from, you know, great past experiences and so on and so forth. But, but <laughs> definitely, <of> love. yes, <laughs> they definitely <laughs> horrible. They, they definitely had, you know, it definitely had some scratches in, in a way that the ultra, uh, the ultra does not. And, and, you know, and the Ultra's definitely been through some things. It's been through uh, when I fell off my bike uh, a week ago, which yes. I remember we were maybe going to mention, but we're almost out of time. And, and it's, you know, survive that without any scratches, whatever. I think, so that's definitely a big one. I think the biggest thing for me with the, with, with the Ultra would be battery life because maybe the pro max is is fine i know it's definitely better but my pro is at 89 percent battery health and it does not last a day on a charge Oof. i want imagine imagine the ultra battery life on an iphone where you could go two days even a day and a half maybe you can already mm. do that but i definitely can't that's the that would I mean, be a big one for I me. I get pretty close. I mean, my screen time is probably less than yours because I know you use yours for navigation and like stuff when you're cycling. Um, but I'm at fifty one percent right now. And I, I mean, I can show you my battery usage graph, but I know that you've continually had issues with battery life on the Pro, and I have not had a ton of screen time, but you can see that graph. That graph is pretty good. Pretty darn good. And my percentage is 95. So wow. it, it's, it's sort of a, a vicious cycle, if you will, when you get the Pro. Because obviously there's less battery life right out the gate. But because the battery lasts less, that means you're putting on more charge cycles and wearing it out faster. And so not only is your battery life worse, but it decreases more quickly and that's why the pro max is king you know i guess regardless of what the battery looks like in the ultra and i'm sure that you know it would be better than the pro max because that was a big thing with the apple watch ultra but even i guess just going up to the pro max the bigger the bigger phone with a bigger battery i i, I have never disputed yeah. that the pro max is the battery king mm -hmm. I still mm -hmm. think the pro is the size king. You know, maybe I'm wrong. We can disagree on that, but I've never Short disputed king, the maybe. pro max. Well, you know, that's that, that's fine too. But but the pro max is the is the battery king. That is that is true. Maybe the ultra will 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 almost certainly take that crown uh, from the pro max. I think it will. And I, for one, I'm gonna be so excited. Could you imagine going away for like a weekend trip and not even bringing a phone charger? I can't. That would make my like. That would give me like such anxiety to go on a trip without a phone charger. But like, if you could do that's it, that's true. 
if your phone but if your phone could handle it uh that would be that would be pretty pretty crazy i'm just saying i don't think that's i don't think it's that far-fetched talk about making a phone thicker and larger i mean think of the difference between the 14 pro and the pro max not huge but it makes a big difference on battery oh i want it oh i want it noah i want the ultra i want it too and it'll be USB-C. Yeah, that's true. Any... Oh. Oh, do we think it'll be this year? You, or, or, or USB-C this year, but the Ultra this year? Yes no. or no? No. I don't think so. If it does happen, I'll be ecstatic, but the CCRP is saying next year. Yeah, we haven't heard very much about the Ultra. But but even this year, it's supposed to be USB-C, right? So that, that'll be exciting. Correct. Yeah, that, that on its own... It's going to make me the happiest man on earth. But you know what will not make me the happiest man on earth, Noah? What? Having to end this episode. Aww. I know. But unfortunately, all good things come to an end, as must this episode of Dark Mode with me, your host, Luke Miani. And me, your host, Noah Rubin. We'll see you next week, and have a great night.